welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. I'm Anuj and I am your host for today. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering what the hell happened to Sunil, uh, today <laughs> I am hosting Sunil, who is the regular host of this podcast. So uh, how's it going today, Sunil? Uh, Anuj, it's, it's, it's been going crazy. I mean, I just missed the last two weeks uh, of, of my quarter three to like, you know, to sickness and uh, i mean like crazier times are going on and just to be sure i had to take like two weeks off and uh, i know we were trying to do this like earlier but uh, i think now we are doing it so yeah pretty good yes, as of now. so this is real right it's like you try to get regular work done and then you know covid hits and <laughs> uh, so I mean, yeah. this is life <laughs> right now you have to do stuff yeah Right. And also, by the time you hear this, I think Sunil will have done 50 episodes by now, so which is an awesome yeah. milestone. Uh, yeah. And I, I thought, you know, it would be fun to turn the tables on him for the 51st uh, and get some insights from him just the way he's been doing with everybody else. And you know, hopefully I've learned something from his style and can you know, do a good enough job here. Uh, <laughs> and also before I start... Uh, Sunil has not seen any of these questions. Uh, oh yeah, so, this is completely uh, right? candid. So, so we have no idea where this is going to go, which is really <laughs> exciting. Um, yeah. So, but I want to start with a bit of business first, right? So let's get mm-hmm. like straight to the gold. Yeah. So from all of your 50 interviews that you've done, mm-hmm. can you tell me one, two or three most actionable things you ever learned from all of these interviews that anybody listening can benefit from right now oh yeah i mean like what one two three i have like tons but uh, like this is basically one of the reasons that i started doing this podcast right like getting actionable inputs and learning from people who have been there and done that right hands-on experience but a couple of like uh, non-technical things or some things that you can apply to like everything that i've learned is um, like experimentation is like one one thing that I have learned. I mean, I knew that it was important and it was only important uh, as I would see like, you know, experimentation in terms of running campaigns, right? In marketing and stuff like that. But not only that, I mean, what I've learned is experimentation can be applied to your life as a whole as well, right? You can try to do stuff, uh, try doing new stuff. And if you fail, you just go to another one, right? Like life is long, and uh, uh, and I mean, it's it's not just the, all these technical uh, like uh, technical requirements for running experimentation, right? It's just that you can run it to non-technical or your in general life or in uh, as well. So that is definitely one. Second is uh, like I've I've always been non-consistent about many things, right? And uh, what I've learned from people who have been successful is that like one common thing is that consistency. Right. So that kind of helped me like, you know, validate or like, obviously it, it didn't need any validation, but I think it kind of gave me a personal motivation that, you know, you have to be consistent if you are doing something right. So I, I started my newsletter. So I run a newsletter where I have like 500 people almost uh, registered. So I started this newsletter many times. Okay. When I say I started, I mean, I started, I ran for two, three weeks and then I stopped. I started ran for two, three weeks and then I stopped. But today, as of today, like this is like the 12th or 13th week continuously that is going on i think this is the by far the most number of newsletters that i have sent so 
back point here is like consistency right so i learned the first thing would be experimentation second is consistency and and third thing would be like not giving up i don't know it sounds similar to like consistency but uh, yep. maybe not giving up i know it's hard for a growth guy to say not giving up because you have to be agile uh, at the same time and not give up as well <laughs> i mean like at some point you will be like fighting with or- yourself on some growth experiment where you have to decide between not giving up versus staying in uh, or versus like you know just being agile and moving on to another growth experiment but uh, that is like again not not talking about just technicalities it's just like if you if i think about like overall uh, like different stuff that i learned those would be the top 3 okay so i want to latch on to something you said secondly which mm-hmm. is about the uh, firstly the consistency bit right which yeah. is interesting to me because you also do a podcast and you know 50 episodes so that is clearly evidence of consistency yeah right? so why do you think you have this uh, issue of you know <laughs> where maybe you weren't as consistent and having to restart all the time which i think in itself is a great point that even if you start and stop you always have the opportunity to go back to and do it again, again. yeah right? but so but why did you why do you think you may have felt differently with a podcast versus a newsletter uh so uh it's like so podcast i've not been consistent as well like if you see my earlier episodes or the the space between the two episodes uh, that i published in 2019 or let's say those would be very the the that was very irregular right i was see again my purpose of starting this podcast were was like you know me talking to great people and uh, like me learning from them right i was unofficially doing it since long even before i started recording the podcast right i was anyway doing it uh, before the i started the podcast as well it's just that one day i realized and some people told me that you know you can hit record on these conversations and you know just edit it and Right. out to public as well so that day i started like this podcast or whatever so but i've not been consistent and i don't want to be consistent in that because this podcast more than anyone else i run it for myself where uh, so this is like the selfish motive behind me running the podcast where i want to learn from people now if i if i don't want to learn in let's say in, in july <laughs> then i won't host any people in july <laughs> it it would be it would be that as well but now then once you kind of build a community right like this is something that so this was my uh, thought process until let's say 3 4 months back but now in this year i started doing it regularly because uh, like this whole pandemic started and i found many people i started like talking to many people and uh, i thought maybe this is a good time for me to learn a lot of new things as well so for whenever there is a chance for me to learn that means like people would learn because i would have conversations record edit publish right that would be the right. episodes so then when i when i realized that uh, i need to learn learn a lot and now i've built this great community so then it it kind of becomes my my job to you know keep giving back to this community right like it then it it takes away that selfish motive and it then it brings the community motive uh, in mind to me uh, in my mind where you know i have to do some podcast just for the community but still keep, uh, keeping that and my personal motive in in alignment so that you know my motive is also fulfilled as whereas the like i am delivering to some certain people who constantly listen to my podcast as well and those i 
I think as of now is like around six thousand people uh, who listen to the show across India, US, and and the world, right? Yeah. So this is like a but this is a prime example, right? Of, of come for the content, stay for the community. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and I, I, let me just dig a little bit deeper because I want to yeah. get a little bit specific. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, is did you ever hear anything? And this can be just one example. Uh, where you heard something somebody said and you just went damn that's just so clever the way they thought about something or the way they did something mm-hmm. can you recall any such example from any episode where you had that sort of thought uh it's it's hard for me to recall but um, let me so i was talking to a recent example of i don't know if it's a good answer or if it's the one that you're looking but uh, so i follow a lot of vcs as well and i follow i am myself subscribed to a lot of newsletters so one of the vc i follow fred wilson so he runs a website uh, vc.com so i've been a big fan of his newsletter he sends a lot and been reading his posts and everything since long time and uh, so there is this aviral uh, batnagar who i hosted on on the topic Uh, we talked about state of saas in india and he's based in pune itself and he runs his own blog and i think many of the listeners would be you know familiar with his name as well because he gets huge engagement on linkedin and his posts and blogs are really really great in terms of india so he writes the kind in a like you know maybe similar way what fred wilson writes and and his blog was also so fred wilson is a, a vc.com and aviral was a was a junior vc.com so, so when we i was talking to aviral and then aviral was also writing the same thing and i was like hey man that's that's really clever and uh, like uh, like he started his own version of that uh, fred wilson blog in india and like not many people would know but i think he was not targeting many people right he was targeting the niche and and the kind of audience that he wanted to reach out to so i think those people would uh, would relate and to me it was very clever and yeah i think that yeah no but that but that's a great point right is mm-hmm. that i think a originality is sometimes overrated yeah uh, and <laughs> secondly leaning into patterns or things that people are already familiar with right helps them associate you which that thing they're already familiar with right because right? because when i hear a junior vc and a vc i know they're about the same thing yeah and just just that they are uh, you know even if i'm a fan of a vc at least my ingoing assumption is that okay there might be something as great in even in this because i already love a vc a vc yeah uh, right so you've already set yourself up like maybe one step up for success by people assuming something exactly you know, about yeah them. right so i think yeah that that is absolutely very clever uh, um so l- let me ask you another related question uh-huh. uh well is there anything that you heard in any episode where mm-hmm. you said i have to try this you know as a test and mm-hmm. and did you try it and and if you did like what did you learn from that ah uh, i think it was it was something like uh, so i hosted guliam kabane so he is like a growth Uh, expert uh, and 
I I did not host him for the podcast specifically, but I did host him on on an AMA session because that's something I started recently as well. So he he shared this uh, this talk or he shared this tactic where he had uh, an Airtable basically or a spreadsheet where he ran these Google or uh, sorry growth experiments, right? So and that growth experiment was something of, like you just fill in the data and and. some intuition about like you know what confidence you are in and just to calculate how your experiments are running in that as well so i never really like you know went so deep into like tracking like on an experiment level uh, stuff whenever we do stuff like you know some campaigns at potfix or for whenever i did campaigns for the podcast or saas sessions as well so but that really after seeing that template i mean i i knew that you know the technical growth uh aspect like which i haven't tried a lot i think that template kind of gave me like a framework which i could just put in and and i can see like how it works out and 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 if i like it and if i it kind of works out for me it kind of helps me like you know backtrack and see what the what were the experiments i ran three months back and what was the kind of results and stuff and uh, having that document if i work with someone let's say or if someone new joins new comer joins the team and i can just give him the document explain how it works and he can just read on the document and he can say okay these are the experiments that i've run so he won't run the same experiments again or maybe in the exact same way so i think keeping that is something uh, i thought ki i should do uh, as as a next step because i i am a bad documenter <laughs> so i don't uh, like i have a lot of things in my head but it's just hard for me to put them like you know in in a structured format and stuff that's why i'm a really bad content writer as well i think yeah that's <laughs> that's really hard for a, for a marketer to like you know not be a good content writer but uh, yeah it's just me uh, like i don't like to like write down stuff in a structured format or something like that so yeah yeah but this is important right because yeah. i think when people think about learning something from you know whatever they read or hear i think the natural assumption goes to that you learn some tactic yeah right whereas what you are talking about is you learned something about making a process better exactly yeah right and that is as important is when you talk about growth is process and strategy are foundations that if those are strong you know mm-hmm. all of the tactics themselves you know become even more powerful because now they are all within a certain you know structured context right so, yeah. and i think this this gets underappreciated that process and strategy you know need to come before and maybe even need to be paid more attention to rather mm-hmm. than you know geom having told you you know he tried some crazy experiment and did that because you may or may not even be able to apply that in your context yeah but him yeah. having shared his template is something everybody who watched that ama or listened to it you know can take away something from yeah and i think that was i took that because that was lacking in me i mean uh, i never followed uh, those those such structured i mean like we had processes that we followed and we had some kind of documentation some framework that we followed but that was very detailed i mean so that yeah. that's not maybe something that i tried and hey like you know that's this is the whole point i am talking to these awesome people right on on the podcast and ama like i get to learn and if i am not like implementing this these kind of stuff or if i am not making myself better after like having that conversation then like what's the point 
right of me oh. doing all this and like you know that charity begins at home like if i'm not improving myself <laughs> then 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 how do i expect like you know bring on someone and how do i expect the community to learn from someone else right yeah so this is something that i lack many people who would like who attended the session or whatever who already uh, there are a few people who already knew about that template or that kind of because who, who follow we are uh, on on his linkedin and stuff so i mean yeah that's that's the takeaway right like uh, yeah for me totally uh, so let's just shift channel you know channels a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and you know, since we are on your podcast let me ask you a little bit about podcasting itself yeah uh, so a like have you found any impact on listening patterns like pre covid and post covid like are they uh, any different and the reason i'm asking is because in the us a lot of people listen while commuting right yeah. and now there's no commute so listening volumes have gone down so i was just curious about what what are you seeing so for me the listening or the listenership kind of increased after covid right um, like in the early early months of this year like jan feb uh i posted like only one episode but then in like feb or like in march when i was doing like couple of episodes i suddenly got uh, like many people listening to the show like the numbers kind of increased what i was seeing uh, in the analytics uh, and stuff as well and people on coming on the website and that also kind of increased it's not like heavily increased i mean i am just at like even after running this show for one and a half years i am only 6000 listeners that is way less i know but uh, again my whole 6000 more than i have <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's fine>. yeah. <laughs> uh, i mean yeah but uh, see uh, see the whole point of again i i do i do not forget the basic uh, purpose of me running this show was is right like it's not quality it's not quantity it's always quality right and uh, i have these qualitative conversations and i never focused on improving the quality of like this mic and uh, like audio as well like many people uh told me uh, who were my friends who were like who became uh, my good friends because of this pod- they started listening to the podcast and stuff so they told me like i need to invest in good mic and stuff like i did invest i tried to use it but i couldn't follow like i at the end i was just using my normal headset and uh, headphone and headphone mic right but then uh, people still kept listening because of the quality so i think sure. like pre covid and post covid that has been the same that if you create quality quality content uh, people will come listen and they'll stay and they'll come back again uh, but in terms of listenership i think i i think my podcast have increased like i did talk to like many uh, podcasters that i know in the us in india they told me that they had some fluctuations uh, during the early like march or april where their listenership gone down in in the us because again as you said right people listen during the commute and there's no commute happening so but at least in india i think my ba- user base grew so i the earlier breakdown for me was something like 65 or 60 65% of indians listening and then 20 25% of us and then the rest of the world but i think it kind of increased to 70 72% india and then like only 18% in the us and and then the rest of the world right so the us definitely did went down for me but then at the same time india increased so, so why all, do you think that is like why do you think india increased so again w- one of the factors i think india increased uh, was basically like people here 
like i started one of the reasons was i started doing a lot more episodes right mm. so that's definitely number one reason another external factors was like uh, i think people like podcasting as a as a like channel or as a like like as a habit in in indian people so it kind of was increasing anyway and i think covid gave a lot of time for indians to like you know like download that app and maybe start listening because everyone is talking about podcasting suddenly mm. so they were like you know let let me try like listening to it and they maybe tried to listen to couple uh, of the podcasts and they kind of found mine or they just saw it on linkedin and they never really tried before because they saw before also but now it they just have that app on the phone and they're like okay let's listen so i think maybe that kind of gave a push plus i did host a lot like great people on the show which kind of bring brought on the audience to uh, to the podcast and stuff like that as well so yeah i think that that was the main boost in india okay and and so i'm i'm sure you know people listening to you there'll be at least some people who might be inspired to start their own you know oh, podcast yeah. and so uh, do you have any tips for those people for whether it's hardware or software do you use you know mm-hmm. to make anything like right? for whether it's has to do with recording or editing or publishing whatever makes it easier and to just get started like what advice would you give them so yeah uh, like i did help many people actually many people many companies start their own podcast as well uh, in india outside india whatever but uh, like many people ha- like have that have that friction so i'll tell you the friction points because i already have written what what are the basic stuff needed um on on the blog we did a webinar also on that about podcasting in india about how we did and stuff like that so that's available on the website we did a, i did write a blog as well which i somehow is ranking uh, on the first page of google on how to start a podcast in india and stuff awesome. like that but yeah i'll i'll maybe i'll not t- tell about the things that is needed but maybe i'll tell about the things that which i see are the friction points after talking sure. to like many people right uh so one is basically uh the kind of being perfection or or like you know the habit of being very uh, perfect at everything that they want to start so there is there is this early hesitation in people that they want to get everything perfect and then by the time they get everything perfect they perfect they lose the interest and they never start so never starting is like one of the biggest reason of not starting the podcast <laughs> i mean yeah and the reasons for not starting is very simple right like people try to focus a lot on quality and they would uh, they would be like you know hey if i record then how will i sound and i don't know if i'm doing this right right so they need that validation and stuff so but they don't know like if you do it and if you just start so the validation is right out there waiting for you if people listen to you or and they come back that means you are validated if they don't that means you don't have to like give up you have to like again experiment right you have to like do something new try something new and see if this stick or not like you have to throw stuff at the wall and see if something sticks whatever sticks you like build on that right so that's the number one thing which i see as a friction point in people not starting secondly uh, again like i didn't focus a lot on quality of audio um but that is one thing which people should focus on it's a friction point definitely like if i don't like quality of audio if something that i am listening to i would stop listening to it right but then i still go and listen if the content is really that great 
I mean, like then I would trade off the quality of audio any time over the quality of uh, content, right? So, but yeah, that is still a friction point amongst a lot of people. Uh, third is I think editing, uh, but now I think those are still everything. All the technicalities is getting solved because all these apps are there. There is like Descript. Uh, you can use Zoom to record. You can just use a normal mic. You can use Crisp. So I use Crisp to. like remove all the background noises and stuff so it's just like you just have to pay and there are free tools also there are paid tools also you have to use sell some money and get those tools and start using right so i think once you use the right tools i think that removes the friction point in like starting or running a podcast apart from that it's just content like if you think you can create good content uh, that is another friction point like you should they create good content which is not already been created uh, like if there is already a blog out there and uh, now you're talking about the same things which is i can go and read in a the blog then then that's not really a a good point or good thing to have on a podcast let's say i think these these would be a few friction points which i keep telling people to like you know look for and <laughs> and maybe not not think about like a lot Uh, and just go and get started uh, i think that is re- really the, the the key message uh, i think uh-huh. just, just start worry about all this other stuff later yeah you uh, build uh, as you as you go right like you can't launch the whole product in day one right you have to launch right. the mvp and then you build version 1 version 2 and and so on right a lot of product managers would agree on that uh, y- yes yes no, but, but 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 this is exactly what you're saying is like all of the growth principles that yeah. you apply to product or marketing you know they apply to starting to a life. podcast validate to life to basically right? yeah. exactly <laughs> which is exactly what you were saying at the start of this podcast right? yeah. is that uh, so yeah i think that's an excellent lesson um and and so while we're talking about growth I mean, let, let me pivot uh, uh-huh. a little bit more into your role specifically mm-hmm. right so clearly you do growth at what fix right uh, but w- w- what does that really mean like w- what is what is your role entail totally so yeah again i have written like i do growth at whatfix but it's not like any like growth that would be on 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 like you know on what people see or what other people do because whatfix is a b2b enterprise company and having growth role at at b2b enterprise company is really tricky so but let's let's divide growth into two different things like product growth and user growth by user i mean your customer growth right yeah. um, so basically we essentially do demand gen right uh, to be honest like it's it's just demand gen pure play because we are b2b and for b2b demand gen is like the the thing for uh, that you know growth people should focus on apart from like uh, product growth right so i take care of the awareness and the acquisition part of the funnel to be like you know uh, technical in technicality so what we we do is uh, so i take care of a lot bunch of things at whatfix right so i i do webinars uh, all the virtual events so we did a virtual event called the digital option summit where we had like 3500 attendees uh, registering for the summit and stuff so uh, all these virtual events uh, that happen at at whatfix mid funnel top funnel bottom funnel uh, all that we do uh, that i take care of 
another thing that i manage is uh, the b2b influencer marketing uh, angle right so influencer marketing as people would think uh, of is like you know instagram and and these models posting any any products that that they get get for free and and you drive some traction and sales through them posting and you pay them heavy money right so that's not right. the b2b that's not how it works on the b2b Uh, angle so not many if if for people who don't know like b two b sale uh, when it's happening at like fifty thousand uh, dollars yeah like annually and so people try and get references right um, like as much as they can so references can be from existing customers or your partners or it can also be from an influencer right like who's who's a thought leader in that particular industry so we try to like you know have good relationships with these influencers and. and and we try to build on on that like how do we build on that is by doing like a bunch of activities so i manage these all these influencers uh, all the relationship with these influencers and uh, we do like bunch of activities with them like we do a podcast with them we do a, we do an ama we do a live session we do a panel session we do a webinar like multiple stuff we do like a summit and we call all of them together at one place and we introduce them to each other if 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 they want or we buy their books and we uh, so many people many influencers that i know like at least have at least okay i know whatever influencers i know at least have 25 years of experience so that's like my age so that is so that's the criteria i look for like you know when we are tying up with an influencer for what fix where uh, they they must have like at least my age of years of experience uh so the, these people generally have like you know uh, books that they have written and multiple books right three four like so there's one influencer who has written like 30 35 books so we oh. what we do yeah <laughs> so i mean we take their they take those books and maybe we purchase it from them and then we kind of send it to our prospects right uh, in in direct mailing or so i uh, like how do i plug and play these influencers where i turn them into advocates of what fix right like how do i make them preach what fix if they are talking about like digital option for example in another webinar right so that's really my thing and having these good relationships with these influencers so that's one of the thing another thing is i also do try to like open new channels for demand and brand uh, demand generation and trying brand right so one of them is definitely linkedin like uh, so we have seen i i don't know like many people listening to the show would have seen at least one person from what fix who's posting about something that happened right so <laughs> so that's kind of not i i don't own it or i don't drive it but it's just kind of like the, we are a couple of people in what fix who post regularly and seeing us there are like we have opened enable multiple people to start posting on being active on linkedin as well uh, because that's one channel for b2b to have uh, another like another thing is like opening up channels as i mentioned uh, just before right like uh, so drift we so as an example i'll give you like drift we were not we were using zendesk for uh like as a chat option right it's it's really a support tool but uh, right. everyone knew like drift was something which we want like it's not it it is like the elephant in the room like we want drift for as a chat solution on the website <laughs> but then i was just like i i'll go ahead and i'll just purchase it and i'll implement it okay i'll take up this project so i like to do like dynamic things and if i keep doing the same things for over a year i'll get bored and uh, <laughs> i mean yeah that i actually mean, know this because you did the behavioral assessment i gave you uh, yeah. and and i know that your profile <laughs> says <Yeah. laughs> you get bored very easily <laughs> yeah 
yeah i i do get bored very easily so i have to so it's like i keep myself uh, occupied at what phase like i have i come up with things that i like to do and how it i can do it at what fix so that what fix would benefit for the, from them and it can be anything right so i have the free way to like do stuff as long as it drives roi right definitely um, like in some terms i have to put down some actionable uh, outcome or uh, output that that this this campaign or this this experiment or whatever is we are doing is going to generate so we did a summit that was a so thing for us so last year i was just taking so we are into digital adoption okay and last year i was just taking uh, this digitaladoption.com this this website is there and it was taken by someone but every two weeks i used to check like is it available is it available one day it got available and i was like want it i mean like it would be huge for what fix and so after so we thought of this in july but then we did go back and forth and by the end like of the year last in 2019 we purchased it right um, so we purchased it and we know that we want to do something but not sure what but then we had the idea of running the summit since last year i mean like not many people would believe it but uh, it's not because of the covid we did the summit right we had the idea since last year it was in our heads we just wanted to like you know wrap our head around it like dedicate time and start working towards it so we were initially planning it to do around august september like this this time uh, like july or august something like that but then this covid hit in march and then we were like you know hey we, we have the domain and we have this idea which is pending like let's go and do it so like we just went ahead and started so in a, so we spent only 50 days okay uh, working on the whole summit and we got like 3500 people registering from like 190 countries wow and uh, 2000 unique companies who registered i think uh, 70 or 80 fortune 500 companies registered and this is all the cream audience right and like the target audience that we want around from 3500 i would definitely say like 60 70% would be mqls uh, for us right so this is something that we did so this is not like written somewhere or there's no playbook here i don't see like many other companies like doing it uh, so yeah this is and no one in our company had done it so again whenever this is something new i find an opportunity and i go and do it right uh, as long as it drives roi for us back to us i i right. tar- target by the way, our target was uh, 2500 and we got like uh, 3500 <laughs> everyone <That's- happy. laughs> awesome Okay, so I have so many questions just based on yeah. what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, so first, uh, have you written about sort of your experience with uh, running an online event and sort of how to pull one off successfully? Because clearly, you know, so many events are now moving online, and you clearly will have learned a lot during yeah. doing it. So, has is that something you put out, plan to put out? What's the deal? So, yeah, uh, like. incidentally me and gokul uh, who is the first marketing hire at whatfix and he's the sixth employee and uh, i report to him and so we both are actually like working on creating a course for for this this whole uh, like run your summit kind of thing right where you can just use the course and like build the summit like on your own whatever however you want right um, and it's we have like trying to keep the course very generic so that it can be applied to anyone Uh, it can be applied to any company any domain any industry any any level of experience and stuff so we are creating this playbook which you can just go and implement 
um so yeah that is that is in the works i don't know if it will when it will come out we are just uh, I, yeah but let me just pause pause you here for one second so because this is i think a very important point is generally when you put in a lot of effort to learning how to do something yeah the common approach that you see is oh i'm going to put out this 15000 word blog post uh-huh. right, on on how i crushed something right but converting it into a course that is a brilliant idea because these are tangible things you have done that now somebody else can replicate yeah and it is lead gen at the same time because people are registering for the course right yeah. versus <laughs> random broad spread that yeah. people are going to read your blog post and you don't even know what the hell happened right exactly so, yeah so for anybody looking for a like a brilliant tactic on how to repurpose you know your efforts right especially when you put in a lot of hard work in making something happen make it a course is a is a goddamn brilliant idea yeah <laughs> i mean like we we did see like many people running their own courses starting their own courses during this pandemic i mean gig gig economy for the win right because of this whole covid it has given like many people a level playing ground uh, with respect to running courses and stuff like there are tools and all which or companies that have come up right um which will allow you to put your courses and like accept uh, like payments and like put all the videos in a structured format and people can just go and listen to uh, or read or they like, can you know, watch these videos and stuff i think uh, we are putting a lot of time into into this and uh, it's not just like this this the summit course that we are stopping i think if it goes well maybe we'll like create like a bunch of other uh things as well that kind of experiments that we ran and like really going deep and putting it out in a very generic way as possible right so anyone can go with any kind of experience can go learn and like you know do their own summit or whatever i mean like many people have done it i'm not saying like we are like the only ones chosen few uh like red pill blue pill kind of guys who we have done it but uh, yeah many people have done it and we just putting out we are just putting out like how we did it and like ex- like what all needs to be done basically according yeah. to us it's not like the bible but uh, for summits but it's like our learnings or our experiences and our failures and whatever yeah uh, so i want to go back to a couple things based on what you yeah, just yeah. said about your role <clears throat> uh, so one you, know, you said you focus more on the user growth piece correct mm-hmm. uh, and so does that role exist within the traditional marketing department or is is growth a separate thing that what fix so we uh, so actually we do report to our our vp of marketing itself so it is a part of marketing see it is it is just like demand gen it's just like we are not focusing on just one channel Right. uh or thing or we if we find like we have this new channel that we want to try on we'll just go and do it like again we are agile right being a growth team like uh, we had maybe it's like a it's like an intersection between a proper growth role and uh, a demand general uh, demand right. generation role right like we, if you combine those two then maybe my kind of role would be uh, gone or whatever and the follow up to that is like generally you know there, there's always this tension between the marketing team and the product team uh-huh. uh and so how do you ensure then that and i'm assuming you have a you know product growth role somewhere in i i don't think not so honestly you, but, <laughs> is there a product role a product growth role in the organization no actually not like uh, we don't Why have not? i i don't think we have a product growth role uh 
I see one of the reasons being like, um, see, I, I, I'm not an expert, but again, my, my thought process is like, we are like a B2B enterprise. Like we hardly have like 500 to five, 600 customers. Right. And when it comes to that, like, uh, even the sample size in product growth roles would be mm. 2000. <laughs> so right, that right, is, right. that is, I think that is one reason. Another thing is like, we have a great, uh, uh, like customer success and professional services team and 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 i think solutions engineering team as well uh, and our product team also talks to our customers obviously um, so the thing is like these these people they, they talk a lot with the customers and and they know how to build the product and uh, like you know after talking to these customers and they all we always like you know keep them up with whatever kind of marketing that we are doing and they always tell us like so there is a good uh, like handshake happening from both ends where uh, everybody knows what's happening i guess and uh, i don't think that, that that's why there is any friction in in these ways and uh, hence i don't see like talking a lot to the product team and since i i think we are like a sales led uh, sales and marketing led organization so we are not product led uh, right. organization right so in that terms also um, i think sales and marketing so we uh, our sales and marketing alignment is like the best i think what i've seen in like many b2b saas companies right like i i to see like many my of my colleagues in different companies in the marketing departments they don't talk to their sales team and yeah. for us we we talk to our sales team like <laughs> Like, I mean, like every day and, and, and different things, right? Like whatever. So if I'm doing a webinar, for example, uh, we just did a webinar. We had like 200 people coming in, uh, 70, 80 people who attended and, you know, five of them have been assigned to, let's say one account executive. So I'll go to him. I'll talk to him. Hey, like what's happening on these five accounts? Are they good? Uh, do you see like, uh, any, any activity happening, uh, if it's already an opportunity, if not, then uh, I'll go to an SDR who's been assigned those those new leads, and I'll say like, you know, hey, this this lead kind of you know uh, looks interesting because he asked like X Y Z questions on the on the webinar. He this is the poll co- uh, that he voted for, so maybe he's looking for this kind of X Y Z things, right? Mm. And so so we I talk like the whole marketing team and sales and the XDR uh, SDR and BDR team, so we have like good handshakes and like everyone talks to everyone and there's a huge clarity. So I think that kind of helps us a lot. Uh, if you, if you think like, how do we like, you know, validate our marketing efforts, right? So we have like good amount of opportunities that are generated and we have our, a good amount of sales also that is generated. So I think that validates more than the product. I I think. Yeah. So, so a few you know, takeaways for me, just what you said uh, is, you know, a, <clears throat> No, when it comes to growth, right? I mean, sample sizes are important, right? Oh, yeah, you can't force-fit so. a growth methodology, you know, into places where you're not going to get enough data, right? Uh, and so you've got to put place uh, place it wherever it applies. But that also goes to, you know, how universal these growth principles are that they can apply to, you know, whatever marketing processes you have. I would. 100% bet that they could even be applied to improving, you know, marketing and sales alignment processes where you could try different sorts of things yeah. to make the velocity of, you know, how, uh, you know, a lead moves through that funnel even faster, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, th- th- there is, you know, n- no secret to, 
you know marketing and sales alignment you know other than proper communication because at yeah. the end of the day you're this, you're all one team like the customer doesn't care if <laughs> exactly. marketing or sales or, or growth or whatever yeah uh, right uh, and uh, you know I, i i myself have also experienced you know that trap of marketing and sales not talking to each other and also working well with each other and in in every case it's just been a function of communication and yeah aligning that we are both in it to provide value to the customer exactly yeah not about your sales numbers or my marketing numbers totally and maybe one one thing i would like to add about like you know our product team so i'm not sure like the product managers who are there they so we don't i didn't see a product growth specific role as such like product growth uh, which in many companies there is but uh, i i'm very sure like the our product managers would be would be doing some stuff uh, what what a product growth would do right so we have pod structure where each pod uh, would have like their own product manager product marketing and designer and test testers and developers and stuff like that so i i do think like you know if if there is a pod structure so there a pod uh, that that product manager would you know be responsible for that pod and growing that pod growing the usage of that pod right so we do track a lot of data i remember uh, like uh, we use google analytics uh, the 360 google analytics 360 internally in the product and um, like they they track a lot of analytics on the product usage as well right so i think the product since it's a pod structure i think each product manager uh, in the pod would be responsible for you know growing the usage of of that pod so in that way that's that kind of you know ties back to product growth in a way sure so and so now that you mentioned analytics and i had this in mind to ask you anyway uh-huh. so what what is in your marketing or growth stack like what are tools you use so we use uh, pardot for marketing automation and uh, i think we apart from that uh, we like we use salesforce for uh, crm and yeah being marketers we do check like lot of uh, salesforce as well like we have our reports and everything in salesforce and uh, we do check uh, like what opportunities that we have been created what how are our campaigns uh, working out in terms of let's say webinars are there any leads converting into prospects opportunities and uh, and, and what, what stages are these opportunities and what's happening on the uh, sales side right so we do regularly check that so that's like salesforce and uh, pardot that we use apart from that uh, like we 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 use like demand base for abm use uh, we just got drift uh, this start of this year uh, for like you know conversational marketing uh, i think yeah that that's then we I, then those are like the seo and all tools so like we use ahrefs i think we use both ahrefs and seo rush on some level um, oh. <laughs> i mean i don't know how that works but we do use that <laughs> if i remember correctly um, but yeah i mean the, then then it would be like you know uh, i think would be respect to different teams that what tools they use so we use i think wwo for uh, cro so we have a cro person dedicatedly working on that we have an abm person working on abm and uh, ads and display ads and stuff like that so i think they would use their own uh, tool set what i generally pers- like i if i if i talk about my me i play with like pardot and uh, Like Salesforce a lot, and then go to webinar since we run the go to webinar right. this thing, and then any any sort of uh, 
like uh, wordpress and we use wordpress as a cms for like blog and website and stuff so yeah that but apart from that like many small small uh, different tools we use for different projects or whatever so we use this fanta tool called fandom master for running like linkedin automations uh like while event is happening and stuff like that so yeah. like different tools small tools for like only project level uh, things like we have a transcription tool for like you know we convert all our webinars and podcast into blogs we make sure of that what transcription tool do i think we use otter otter yeah. yeah so i think i've been using that since like since it was in beta so <laughs> yeah okay um uh and so if i pull that out a little further clearly you use a lot of tools to check a lot of things from your perspective then right now w- what is the biggest growth challenge facing what fix or maybe even the biggest opportunity right now mm-hmm. and what are you doing to get a hold of that so i'll tell you the biggest growth challenge that we are facing uh, currently is like you know looking to expand our our team like the growth team <laughs> because i i think i just put out a post uh, so we are looking to hire for our team like working with me and gokul and deepika who are the growth team so we do like all the events we do right so we do events we do virtual events both physical virtual then we do direct mailing campaigns we do uh, like lunch and learn sessions round table discussions uh, webinars expert sessions panel discussions amas interviews podcast uh, like all these different activities right which you not see in a typical marketing stack right. that falls onto all, all three of us <laughs> yeah right. and uh, so yeah so we are looking to expand our team and the biggest that's the biggest challenge as a growth we see for our like growing our team like forget about growing the user base and stuff because i think right. <laughs> that challenge can be figured out like uh, it it can be like we shell money somewhere we do a webinar with xyz person and we run some yeah. uh, email campaigns paid paid email campaigns we run some ads and we get people i mean that can be done but i think like one challenge that we are facing is about like hiring good growth people right uh, because there are only two kinds of growth people that i know of at least like people who are like really good genuinely doing like growth experiments running tracking all uh, all the experiments in that sheet that i mentioned in the start mm. and then maybe on the b2b side if i say like doing the same things that we are doing right like specific to channels and uh, driving basically driving demand right through whatever uh, means necessary and and those are like really great people but those don't want to leave their jobs obviously right. because they are great <laughs> right <laughs> and the second people i see are growth hackers right like that's uh, those are i think i would say that those people are still new to all of this like growth right. ecosystem and they don't really understand how the function works they maybe took a course somewhere right she got them certified to be called as growth hacker and they then they put it out on linkedin i mean it's not their fault but it's just that they are still very new i would say uh, i would not say that they don't know something but i would say that they are very new to the system yeah so i mean like yeah definitely sean ellis started this growth hacker as a term like long back but i think it's it has complete the full circle and there is no like one growth hacker right like it has like so the circle has been completed in different functions yeah. and now each function would have their own growth person working or if there is a growth team then the, the that growth team has a developer has a designer has a data guy has a guy right. who thinks has a guy who uh, he is a great storyteller has a guy who has like sales background who can sell basically so if you pick, put all these people together so that would have a really great growth teams and 
those teams are also something i know of which my friends who leads these teams but uh, but there is no in between right the in between right. is something that we are kind of looking for or maybe even the next part where people already have been there done that and we can just get them on so uh, growing a growth team is like is like a huge challenge i think in india which for many mm-hmm. companies and uh like you can definitely hire a marketing manager and give him a growth role <laughs> i mean right. that has been the case for many companies that we see that i saw right and, uh, but that doesn't solve the the problem right got it yeah uh, and another you mentioned you know that some people call themselves growth hackers because they took a course maybe uh, i'm curious what do you still think then is the biggest misconception or misunderstanding around growth hacking today <laughs> i think it's it's not a hack i mean it's it's it should be your mindset like this is something i have written on my linkedin as well right like growth is not a hack it's a mindset like if your mindset is growth right so that means you are agile you are like <clears throat> like constantly doing things uh not stopping yourself from like running experimentations or not afraid to failing right like if you run an experimentation you fail it's okay like you start another thing like do another thing right there are like hundreds of things that you can do you talk to people right like uh, we talk to a lot of people again that's something which i bring on to the table at what fix as well like since i know like these great guys who have already talked to on the podcast i can bring them into an internal discussion like what they are doing at their company and how we are uh, if my some of my team members have any questions for them right so we i can connect we we have connected with them on different calls separate calls where we have learned from them as a team as a company that what what we can follow from right and it's not i mean it uh, everybody's learning from everybody's right uh, it's it's totally okay if you don't if as a company you don't know something because we are not the uh, only one facing the same problem right totally <laughs> i mean everybody else is facing the same problem and maybe some people have faced the problem and they have overcome it so you just have to find those people and talk to them so as a growth so you can only have this if you have like the growth mindset uh, i would say so i mean <clears throat> and sean would agree i think now as well like in many ways he is also telling now he is telling the same thing and earlier also in his book as well he has mentioned the same thing having the mindset right like uh, of uh, is is more important than being just called as a growth hacker or whatever so i think that is the biggest uh, drawback i would say uh, or i would see like in many people that they don't have the mindset they just want to like don't look for short term wins look for long term rewards that is also the case in some some places you have to compromise or you have to like have you have to just pick and choose between short term wins versus long term rewards but a growth guy would like play the bets nicely i think like Correct. which which short wins he would go for versus which long term rewards he want to go for so yeah totally like 100% agreed um and i i think i could <clears throat> we could have a whole hour long conversation just on this one bit uh, which we, <laughs> maybe we'll do a part two at you know on your 100th episode, 100th episode uh, so yeah. <laughs> so i i so i wanted like maybe take things a little more higher level as we get to the end of this yeah. and Uh, sort of just get some more insights just more about you and how you learn yeah right because to me this is directly related to what you were just saying which is about you know having a growth mindset right yeah um so first i think now, now that you've had some experience what, what do you wish you had known when you first started out in your career 
Oh man, I I I do ask these questions to like many people on the on the show, but yeah, I wish uh, I would have not uh, I would have known that what I want to do uh, when I started. Like I didn't know I wanted to become a guy, or I w- didn't know that I wanted to do things that I'm doing. now if i wish i would have known that before, like long back it would have been like great for me i did like a bunch of like random things also before i you know stumbled across this saas industry and uh, then started picking up on 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 that and like you know uh, coming to where i am so i did i did uh, wanted to become a data scientist <laughs> i <Right>. mean <laughs> i mean it's the hottest job of 21st century it still is totally. but uh, yeah i did i did try to do that but uh, it didn't kind of work out for me uh, like many guys i also gave my gre and like tried to come to the us and like I, i it did happen for me but for some reasons it didn't uh, as well but um, and i wasted like i wouldn't say i wasted let's say i i did invest a lot of time uh, in this like i was i started after my college I, the first job I, that i had was of a developer so i i am a developer <laughs> i know how to code and i have developed like applications and stuff like that so i did lead a project and stuff. so i was working with cousin's uh, brother's company um, where i was like this developer right so i did, i did do do all those things but i wish like if i hadn't done like invested like around two and a half three years in like all of these bunch of random things and versus i would have just started on saas <laughs> right then it would have been much greater uh, yeah. secondly i think if i would have hit the record button much sooner on the podcast this would mm. have been the 100 or maybe the 150th episode <laughs> <laughs> because i i did have those many conversations uh, in real uh, but i just didn't record uh, those conversations and uh, yeah i think those those two things would cut it okay um and what are some things that you're either researching or reading about or most interested in learning about right now and why is that i mean i i am interested in learning i'm constantly learning right and i am like reading and learning a lot so one thing that i am learning about right now is like you know wealth creation uh i don't know like it just uh, it just occurred to me like you know eventually like since i've got this job at whatfix uh, i've gone into the bangalore ecosystem and i've like tapped on to like many things but this is something that i've been like you know focusing on a lot lately where about wealth creation so i just heard this from like on novel's podcast as well many people would like relate to this uh, directly uh, but i i do relate to that because like you know if you have something which you know makes money for you while you sleep uh, i mean that's that's the best asset uh, you can have right so uh, and i am very uh, that's that's one thing i am trying to focus on but i don't i don't want to go behind the whole money aspect of it but wealth aspect of it right uh, that's like it's like different i mean like i don't want to get into how different and what it is <laughs> people can go and listen to navel and i think he has done a better job at explaining that but uh, that is this is something like i'm really focusing on and just trying to figure out uh, like you know how do i create wealth uh, for myself in terms of money in terms of like what work i do in terms of like this saas sessions as a as a project as a company or whatever it it's my wealth right it's it's kind of giving back to me while i sleep so that so that is something i'm like really focusing on uh, or 
trying to learn how many other people are doing and and stuff like that and you know learning and failure are sort of almost connected <laughs> yeah right you you can't do growth without failing um, and so if you had to look back on your last year mm-hmm. what, what do you think has been your biggest failure professionally personally whatever context you want to think about it in uh, why do you think that happened and you know what what did you learn from it i think my biggest failure was my inconsistency again <laughs> um because i yeah that really hit me and uh, this year right and i think that was my failure in 2019 like i was running this podcast and i could have like done these great episodes i was talking to that many people i was like i don't know it was just me being lazy or me doing like a lot of things that i didn't get time to like you know constantly do the podcast or whatever it was i think i failed at being consistent in like you know recording like at least one episode per week right so that like 52 weeks i started in like what uh, i think i started in march right so let's say minus 8 weeks so i could have done 40 42 episodes right in in the in 2019 at one per week uh, frequency but i didn't i probably i think i only did like 18 to 20 episodes so that's like 50% less than what i could have done i think that's the biggest uh, failure for me for 2019 which i am trying to compensate in 2020 where <laughs> uh, uh, i am doing this these number of recordings and and not just for the sake of doing it but also like the again the more recordings that i, I do the more i learn quickly and the more i uh, the more content i produce and one bit on this topic then because you know we learn from our failures yeah so how do you continue to learn uh, in order to stay on top of you know things within your own yeah i mean so this is something that i have like uh, i have learned about how to learn as well <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> um yeah so but some things that i ki- kind of help me i'll tell you uh so and this is something that we follow in my friend circle as well because uh, i think it's, it's just mindset that matches each other so we kind i kind of unfollowed all the people uh, from all the social networks which like you know deviate from where i want to go or what i want to learn so if someone is not talking about saas on my linkedin is i would probably not have them connection or i would still stay the connection but i would go and unfollow personally go and unfollow them right so i do take care of who i follow and because that's what the content is going to end up in my timeline same with goes on my twitter same goes on my instagram uh, or whatever social media channels that i use and browse and whatever so on instagram i think i have unfollowed everyone like i follow i think only the known people right <laughs> like who i personally know and personally have met in life i only follow those people because then you follow all these random people celebrities or whatever and it, it just kind of deviates uh, right so so not following these people kind of puts your focus on what you want to pursue so i think this is the one this is one of the hardest and the most important things that people should do it is very hard for like you know cut down so because you go out you meet your friends and your friends are talking about the latest series on netflix and you have no idea what is what is going on or you feel left out so at the same time you have to like balance as well so i think balance is balancing the the content you consume is a huge huge learning for me and that is the number one thing that i will tell people 
to follow as well uh, like balance your content consumption because you can only co- consume like certain amount of content right and if you fill that with like like non related content or content that is not pushing towards your goals then i mean you're you're really like losing out so that is like one thing and it it kind of helped me like i thought when i so this is basically not me talking so this is uh, this i learned something on uh, y combinator's uh, youtube channel so there's one video on you know how to cut down on your content consumption or something like on those lines right uh, on on their youtube channel i i just stumbled upon that like uh, video thanks to youtube's algorithm i guess and i read it so when i once i saw it like i like i didn't think of it like being pretty good or i'm like okay i don't know how this word work even at all but when i started implementing it it like really worked i think that's one thing uh, like you know that helps me learn uh, as well like apart from like all this experimentation and being agile and being consistent that is all there but not consuming content or not consuming the non relevant content is the biggest uh, like you know thing i guess for that helped me and then uh, and that and that has kind of given me back a lot of time now since so that's why i'm subscribed to like many newsletters uh, on like you know multiple substack or i on on their own website or whatever so i i, I go through my email uh, like a lot quicker now because i don't have this unwanted things that is coming onto my inbox or like notifications and stuff like that so i i put my focus back to the things that i want to learn or read about and then like like gets me my time back so it kind of if you cut down on content like non relevant content so it gives you more time to like you know put focus on the relevant content i guess yeah no no i think that's a absolutely important point because fomo is real yeah <laughs> <laughs> right let's not Uh, so no. that that's what right so you change so i changed my group as well so in my group instead of talking about the latest netflix series we talk about the latest maybe company who's got funding or maybe the latest trick or whatever so i changed right. my groups as well uh, in in personal life where and uh, i mean like instead of having or hanging out with people who talk about the latest uh, netflix series that has come or whatever maybe i have hang out with people who talk more on like vcs or like you know investments or how do companies uh, grow or how to build teams and like basically people who do want or who wants to do similar things like you want to do right build sure. on their own or whatever so in so in that case your conversation also becomes that way so there is no fomo you get it so how exactly. do, in that way you can cut your fomo as well fomo only happens when you go towards people who basically you are like the odd man out in the room that's why you get the fomo so you right. get, go to the right room that and you won't have the fomo <laughs> as well this has just become a, like a highly philosophical discussion yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, yeah I, i'm strictly against those but yeah <laughs> but, but just, no, i mean, i only talk about such things in in my groups i mean like i never did do it on public but yeah right no no it's it's, it's, it's i think it's important for people to hear uh-huh. like that a it is possible yeah and b there are real benefits to be reaped from focusing exactly yeah right uh and so speaking of focusing we are almost at the end yeah right and i know you like to ask rapid fire question <laughs> yeah. so i was thinking about what to ask you okay. and i decided to take inspiration from james lipton 
who used to run that show called Inside the Actor Studio. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ask you those questions. Okay. Because okay. these and these have nothing to do with growth necessarily. Yeah. Is, now we are <laughs> having will, fun. Yeah, but it it won't be lightning for me because I'll take some time to answer, but I'll be very quick. Uh, Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, so let's go. So, what's your favorite word? What's your favorite word? Word. Yeah. I don't have a favorite word, but uh, the I think just let it go is. like the favorite phrase i would say fair enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um what gets you excited i think my curiosity because um like since i i am like a dynamic person i i get bored pretty easily and uh, i want to do new stuff i think it's my curiosity that uh, that kind of gets me excited on like new stuff or whatever anything it would be anything that that falls onto my interest category and my interests are still wide uh, so i would not name the interest that gets me excited but the whole curiosity behind it that gets me excited fair enough what sound or noise do you love i think i think uh, if if i want to say an instrument i think it would be piano so yeah na uh what profession other than mm-hmm. your own would you like to attempt oh i would love to like be a vc <laughs> 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 I have have people's money and then decide where to bet basically it i think it's just gambling in a way <laughs> right Okay, and and this okay. The next question I really want you to answer because huh. I'm I'm guessing nobody has said whatever you're going to say as a response to this question on your part. Okay. Yeah. So, what's your favorite curse word? I think it's fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like fuck it. I, I I think so. People people call me this because I would say this in 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 person as well a lot. and like what the fuck so there are different <laughs> variations of that i would with different emotions uh, fair enough um and so uh, last question so if yeah. if heaven exists huh? what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at the pearly gates i mean like what, what, i would like to hear i would like to ask god like what happened to 2020 <laughs> Let's say that if, if if I die after 2020, so yeah, definitely that question because he would be answering that to everyone. Fair enough. Um, so that's all I had. I know I yeah. l- learned a lot, uh, you know, from you, and I think if you know, I, I can summarize a few things that have stuck with me through this conversation. You know, a, a there's a lot about mindset. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and. being open to trying stuff out experimenting failing learning uh, there was a lot about focus right which runs through everything from what you do and you know at work but also you know how that impacts your life outside of work and you know how that impacts you know your your ability to you know get better at whatever you're doing you know as a function of that focus mm-hmm. uh right um and you know i i i think there's a lot i certainly took away one 
very concrete idea from the whole thing, which is, you know, why the hell have I never thought about repurposing things I've done as courses? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. So, uh, right. Uh, and, and, and there were many others, but at least, you know, these, as I mm-hmm. give myself, you know, five seconds to think about it, those are three things amongst all of the sort of growth uh, insights that, that you've dropped here. And, you know, if I was to create like show notes of all the links and tools and everything that you talked about, you know, I think that would be a really long list yeah. of things <laughs> as, as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you for coming on your own show. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing it. I mean, like it's, uh-huh. it's uh, like, I think it's a special episode, like 50 I've crossed this. The, this would be the 51st episode. Uh like that 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 will come out so yeah i mean it's a it's a great milestone i think we can do the version two of this when we do 100 done deal <laughs> done deal <laughs> yeah and, and so you know continued success on the show you yeah know, for thanks your, a lot uh, yeah you know I, I i hope people got as much out of you know listening to you and your experiences as yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm not an, I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I'm not an expert, but it's just that what I've learned along the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's it. So I know, I'm sure we'll see, I'll see you online. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.